You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. You know, at the end of the day, I just, I really want to to know that I've made a difference one conversation at a time and that, uh, that I, that I've helped to inspire someone make a positive choice in their life that's changed that's changed or pivoted their life and so again whether it's through the coaching whether it's through um, something they hear on my podcast or whether it's through one of my kids um, and and you know and them saying that that's the difference that I made in their life that's that's what I sort of want my legacy to be coaching with science and soul Louise H. Reed helps women who desire career success and personal happiness women who are striving for excellence and fulfillment She's known as the Lady Boss Coach. Louise also consults in the corporate world, and she teaches leaders to lead from the inside out. I love that. She's the host of the podcast, The Louise H. Reed Show, and she's a wife and mother, a proud mother, to four teenage boys. That is a handful. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Louise. Thank you so much, Sandy. I'm really, really thrilled to be here, so thank you for inviting me. Oh, I am very excited. And I, I met you on LinkedIn and I just started this new business, The Woman of Value. And I see your profile and it was like, she's doing stuff that I love. So we had to, we had to get to know each other. And then I said, you have to be here on this podcast. So um, I want to know, Louise, what does Woman of Value mean to you? Woman of value to me really means someone who's living in alignment with who they are and sharing that with the world. And I know that's really, really general, but I think when we are coming from a place of alignment, that, that, and we, and then we show up that way and give that to others, whatever that looks like, that is of massive value because it's coming from a place of purpose and alignment. And with that often will come passion and that serves to inspire and touch people and connect people. So it doesn't matter what that thing is when it's coming from a place of, of alignment. I love that. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that a lot of people just don't know how to find that thing. So well, and that's why you have this show, which right. is so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so take, take us through your aha moment. I mean, maybe you weren't always living in alignment. So tell us about, tell us about that when you stepped into your value. It's a great question. And it's really, it's a big part of my story, which is why I'm living the life I have now. But it's hard. It's hard to um, think about and talk about, even though I'm happy to do so. It's hard because it, it takes me back to those feelings of misalignment that I was living in so long. So um, before I got to that aha moment, perhaps I can just go a little further back and I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief because there's a lot of years in my 40, there's a lot of experiences in the 44 years that I'm trying to sort of recap here and boil it all down. It really started at, at a young age. I grew up very happy, um, great family, great upbringing. I was very fortunate, one of four kids, great parents, great, um, you know, very middle class, lots of wonderful opportunities. I was a happy kid. And I really liked to please my parents. And that in, of a, in and of itself isn't a bad thing. But I think I leaned on that and leaned into that far too much so that it became, that was my um, barometer as to whether or not I was a good girl or doing the right thing was how my parents responded to me. And I only realized this in hindsight. So, so that's something that started at a very early age and I continued to live my life like that and to make choices as it related to my education, my partners, uh, well, my partner. Um, I ended up marrying the, the man I, that I started dating when I was 16 years old and you know, did all the things that I was quote unquote supposed to do, that my parents thought I should do, that society thought I should do. And that I therefore, that just became part of my story. I didn't think that it, I was not listening to myself I thought that that too was my story. Until at 30 years old, I literally woke up one morning and I wondered how I had everything I'd ever wanted, a great job, a husband, the house, three kids at the time, and yet why I was so absolutely miserable. 
And that was a devastating moment because I had worked my whole life checking boxes to achieve the exact reality that I had. And in that moment, I realized that I had lost complete sense of who I was, who I wanted to be, what really made me feel joyful and lit me up. And I had no idea how to find it. Um, and that's a hard thing to admit to yourself. And so certainly I wasn't admitting that to any others for quite a long time. And that began a 10 year journey of what I call finding my way back to me. Um, so that's really, that was my sort of aha moment. It wasn't, you know, I don't have anything dramatic in terms of an external event. It was all of the, the culmination of all those years. And then one day, I guess my soul was speaking to me in my dream and I woke up with, and I felt like I ran into a brick wall, although that didn't happen physically. It did in my soul. Wow. And what's interesting about your story, Louise, is that you didn't have that bathroom floor moment, you know, where so many people talk about the devastation or some horrible illness or somebody died. And so that then that is the story of some of the women who I've interviewed. And I think in many ways, it takes a lot more courage to walk away from all the good, because everything was on the outside to everybody else. Perfect. Perfect. Like, yeah. why would you leave that perfect life? but you knew in your heart something was wrong. This was not in alignment. And, and I, I think about also, you know, the stages of development and how when we're younger, we all want to please others, whether it's our parents or our friends and trying to be accepted. And I think the stages of maturity have us really start to separate and question and wonder what is it that I want? What does my soul want? So take us through that process. How did you find your soul's yearning? What a lovely way to put that. My soul's yearning. I love that. <laughs> I, um, well, what was interesting, there are many things that are interesting. People's stories are interesting. But what was interesting for me when I reflect on that time is that I've been working and at that time was working and, and still do now in a consulting capacity work in human resources. And so I had access to a whole bunch of tools. I was teaching this kind of stuff from a corporate perspective in learning and development and leadership development. So I had access to a whole bunch of tools in terms of assessments and, and frameworks for sort of looking at how to make shifts and change in your life. So I, I used some of that stuff and I put that in a blender essentially with my um, education and passion for wellness uh, and well-being and, um, and did a ton of reading um, and, like I said, and, and got a coaching certification. And so I put all that in a blender and went through the process all on my own, which is, again, interesting because that, that took me 10 years. So it was these little baby steps and I think that's part of what I believe is really important is that now I really wish it hadn't taken me 10 years and I, and I, and I certainly want people to be able to expedite that um, and don't you know, want people to have to suffer for 10 years as I did. But at the same time, it gave me a respect for the journey of it all, you know, that it is a layering process. Um, and so it started with me trying to connect with who I was. So look inside. I had been changing jobs and trying a new gym and doing all this outside work to try to make the inside happy. And so it was this realization and using various tools that I, um, that I now know I use and other coaches use, so reaching out to others can be really helpful, but um, I use those tools to provide moments of reflection and to get me to think a little more deeply about my own values. I think a lot of people, we talk, we use the word values a lot and throw the word around a lot. Yeah, I know my values. And, but in terms of actually truly knowing why they were important to me and feel it more on a cellular level and then have a look at my life, well, what is in line with that and what's not? Those are hard questions to actually look at because when you realize that you're making choices that are out of alignment with what you say is the most important thing to you, it shakes, you know, it, sh it, it shakes you. And then you realize you can't, you can't forget what you've just learned. And that's a good thing because I think that's what helps to spur action. But, um, but it's hard. It's a hard thing. And I, and I, and I, 
have learned you know to lean into those hard moments you never get comfortable with it there's that saying get comfortable being uncomfortable and i don't know about you but i really don't like that because it never gets comfortable and so it was just little by little started to explore those parts of myself that who who was i how did i actually want to exist in this world what do i want to offer the world what do i want to be remembered for in this world you know, what are the relationships and things that matter to me and start slowly to create a life that, that lines up with that. That's sort of where I started. That's, that's a lot of starting, but <laughs> it's a big start and it's a, and it's a slow unfolding. And mm -hmm. I, I hear you on the 10 year journey and there are ways for us to expedite. And I think, I think that a lot of people go it alone as you did, as I did most of my life too. And I think that's part of the profile of the, the woman who is driven, who wants to achieve a lot, who is a perfectionist in many ways. It's very hard to ask for help, very hard to, to trust other people. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that comes with it. And I do remember in my coaching journey, when I was taking my coaching classes that the values, I think that was one of the very first classes mm -hmm. we took was all based on values. Cause you really need to do that work in order to know how to align with those values, but most people can't do it alone. And one of the exercises we did was something called value strings. Are you familiar with value strings? I don't think so. I don't know. I certainly not heard the term. Tell me a little more. So the value strings are you, you sit with a partner and you uncover like maybe your top five values. So if you have a value around family, for example, the strings that go after it are all the stream of consciousness that represents family for you. So two people can have the same value and it can look so completely different. And I think this is where we get tripped up often. For example, the person I married had a very strong value around many of the same things that I did, but we really didn't because we, it exhibited in such different ways. We both had such a strong value around family, but for him, it meant mommy comes first. <laughs> <laughs> that was a problem. <laughs> I love it. But to him, that was family, you know, put your mother first. And, and if something goes wrong with your wife, go to mommy. <laughs> and, and I could not understand it because that wasn't the way I functioned in the world. And religion, all of the same things that we, we had going into the marriage, the way I saw religion was more of a universalist kind of ideal. It didn't necessarily involve God, but it was, but there was tradition involved. His was much more of an emotional connection. And so when we're meeting people and we know that travel is important to them, do they love cruises or are they off the beaten track kind of travelers? Are they adventurous? We learn so much about somebody through the way that their values exhibit themselves. So take, take us through one of your tools that you use to uncover values. Um, so to uncover values, it's, it's a tool that um, I, probably similar to getting down to your, you know, your top, your top five values. Um, I put an action word around the value. So um, I like yours better in terms of the <laughs> strings. Like I just wrote that down because that's really, really interesting. Um, but the action word gives a bit more co color and flavor to, so if we were to use family, like you said, I have to, does it mean, create a family? Does it mean spend time with my family? Um, valuable time? So, I, so, I, so in, when someone writes down what the five value, their top five values are, I get them to, to, to qualify it. I say an adjective, it can be a few words around it, um, but it's really to put it in, in, in one sentence, sort of in a headline, what their values, um, what their values are. Um, because then it, it, to, to your point, even, like I said, even despite the fact that I like your exercise better, um, it does get you to think about that value at a bit of a deeper level. And some people, it's just about having a family. For me, it's actually about spending time with my, with my kids. And my family for me is my kids. 
um, which is interesting in and of itself because I had a conversation with my mom. Can I go here? Can I have a conversation I had with my mom about family? Sure. Um, she, I was chatting with her. It was about a month and a half ago. I was chatting with her about, about something. Um, and it was about going, she lives four hours away from me. My whole, uh, my nuclear family that I was born into, it was about four hours away from where I am. And I don't think my mom was very happy that I hadn't been to visit, you know, in, in about a month or so. So she was asking me if I was when I was coming back next and, and, you know, really being very nice and charming about it until I gave her an answer I didn't really like. And she said, I thought this is one of the reasons that you started your own business so you could see your family more. I, and I said, probably not, probably a little bit with an icy tone. So sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> yes, you're right. My family. My children and my, you know, and my partner. Yes, that's why. That's partly why I started my own business, so I could have a connection and spend more time and be surrounded by my family. So, to your point, it's very interesting because I probably told my mom my family mm-hmm. was a factor, and her interpretation of family was very different than what I was actually meaning. So, obviously, that didn't cause a massive problem. We we talked that through, but it's so interesting how this discussion that we're having right now, it just manifests in so many different ways and so many different relationships in terms of really understanding, you know, what, it, what, what your value actually means to you and other people's impressions of what it means. And it's fascinating. Yeah. And I, that's a great, that's a great example of how we misinterpret each other's values because mm-hmm. to your mom, it meant spending time with me mm-hmm. and to you, it's like, well, it's my, my immediate family, my children, mm-hmm. my partner. And yeah, and we have to really define those things as we're designing our relationships with other people too. And that's something that I learned in coaching school as well. The whole designed alliance of how we set up our relationships. And I encourage all my clients to set up all their relationships that way, because I think if we're just going, hey, this is how I might sabotage, <laughs> you know, this is, this is something I might do to screw up. So if I do that, you know, feel free to call me on it because I like to be called on on my on my stuff when we put that out there and we create a safe space mm-hmm. it changes our relationships so much so um so you you got your values and you're aligning with them and and now we're like putting these breadcrumbs and connecting the dots and figuring out where you need to go so take us through some of the other steps that got you to where you are today yeah so um you know i there's quite a, a handful of them in terms of really getting clear on what my foundation was um but then once i really got clear on that and i felt like i was standing like a tree i, I use a lot of visualization techniques uh, I, it's not that i'm certified in any of those things i just am a very visual person and i know the power of visualization um and so i pictured myself as a tree um and I'm not a very creative visualizer, but, but don't hold that against me. So I imagined myself as a tree and just as I was learning these things about me that are kind of my, my rock solid foundation that's immovable, if we think about the foundation of a house, I saw myself as a tree because it's a living and breathing thing. And so I liked that more than a square brick house. Mm-hmm. And I felt my roots growing, you know, so while nothing in the outside world changed yet, almost everything had changed. From the outside, nothing had changed, yet everything had changed. And that was a wonderful feeling and gave me some courage, gave me a lot of courage and confidence that despite the hard things that were going to come next, I knew it was aligned and coming from, um, coming from my, my, a deep, soulful place, right? Coming from that, that, that truth. And I think that's what a lot of um, people that I know that I work with and people that I speak to, that's why they're uncertain about what step to take next. Oh, should I do this or should I do that? And it's easy to flip flop because they've not built that foundation first. And so the more I sat with that and leaned into that, those, I felt the roots growing and getting deeper and deeper and stronger. And so I would not have been able to start then evaluating options in a really safe and fun exploratory manner if I didn't have those roots. And so for me, that was about, I started asking, um, I remember sending, sending an email out to a handful of people, it was about 10 people who I really trusted, who I felt would give me some good advice. And I asked them a few questions about, what do you see as my, what do you see as my strengths? What do you think that I offer this world? What do you, and I asked them a few, you know, a few questions and um, words that they would, they may use to describe, they may use to describe me. And I was a bit nervous because 
on one hand, it felt, I felt like I was opening, you know, a bit open kimono here, I was sort of exposing myself. And but at the same time, these were people that I knew, I know knew me best, uh, and also would be very honest with me. They were people from my life, some personal friends, people who knew me professionally, but also knew me on a personal level. So there was, there was a, a different kind of connection, but still a, a very human connection, not just a, a, a workplace connection. And so that was one of the things that I, I, I took. And so I also having um, being uh, a, a coach myself, I had other tools to sort of explore my strengths. Uh, I'd done a few different kinds of assessments that uh, I would now do with, with clients. So, so I had a variety of tools to kind of look at in terms of what my strengths were. I like this, there's a Venn, there's a Venn diagram that I like is super simple. It's on the internet. I use it in my programs too, but it's, it's not, it's not that it's, it's, it's a difficult concept. It's not a new concept, but yet it's so simple and profound that three, there are three circles, one circle and the intersection is where the magic happens. One circle is things that I love to do. One circle is things that I'm really good at, like naturally good at. And then the other circle is what there's a market for and where the, where the intersection is, that's magic. You know, that's where there's, that's, that's the, the zone of genius that you want to sort of, sort of be in. I know some would argue that the third circle that I said, that what there's a market for, some people would suggest that that's not important because if you've got enough passion and skill or, or it's passion and um, strength that you can create a market. I disagree, but, but anyway, that's, that's my sort of, that was my thinking. And none of, not one, not any one of these tools was the answer. And I say that because I think that we're all looking for someone or something to give us an answer. That's really a, co a combination of all of these things, isn't it? That help to paint a picture of what's possible because I think there's lots of really awesome possibilities for our lives that we could choose. Um, and for me, what came out you know, from this was um, I definitely, it became clear that I wanted some, I wanted to be working for myself. Um, you know, when I was looking at what was working for me in my, in my current, uh, current job and what wasn't, when I looked also at what was working for me in my past jobs and what didn't, I started to notice trends. So I was looking at this, this was an exploratory investigative um, phase of discovery. Um, so the first phase was really more about connecting with self. The next was this, this discovery and looking out at what was possible. And I did it playfully and I did it with fun and I did it with, with no pressure because otherwise that activates the fight or flight response or fight, flight or freeze and, and, and that doesn't result in anything good. <laughs> and so um, it wasn't easy, but at the same, but, it, but it, it was just so different than anything I'd ever done. And so that was sort of the next, the, the next phase. And obviously this is taking some time because the whole process took 10 years. So this was, I really played, I really played with that and, and, and investigated and observed and noticed how I felt when I sort of tried to put on different hats. And again, even though nothing in my outside world was changing, I was doing this a lot on the inside and, and it really did affect the way that I was kind of energetically showing up, not so much in the actions that I was taking, just from an energetic perspective. Totally get it. I I like the uh, visualization. I'm also a very visual person. I use a lot of visualizations in my work too and the what's interesting is you had mentioned in the beginning that the outside looked really good and so the outside didn't need changing it was the inside and so you you've mentioned a few times that nothing really changed on the outside and it's the roots that took took uh, that took root mm -hmm. and and started to grow and have that solid foundation and I used to be the kind of person who would flip-flop a lot and I was afraid to state my opinion. And I think that I was missing those things too. I know mm -hmm. I was missing them. And so I wasn't confident with my opinion. I didn't know who I was. And when you don't know, you, you don't trust yourself. And mm -hmm. I, I see this in my Facebook group where we have thousands of women who are weighing in on these topics. And we had a woman the other day who who one of my monitors noticed that she's a member of several groups. And she noticed that this woman had posted in three groups, the same exact question. And we have a heavily monitored group that keeps everything safe and, and forward moving. And we take out any really negative, horrible comments. 
in most of the other groups, there's no monitoring. It's, it's basically a shit show. And, so, <laughs> and I mean, they were no real. Yeah, but it, but it's true. And it's the reason I, I lead this way is because I want these women to have a process and to be able to process on their own. So when you're processing, when you're trying to process information and you're posting it to three different groups and you're getting hundreds of opinions, how does that help you? You know, and I, I think it, to me, it comes from a place of a lack of being able to trust yourself and you mm -hmm. think you need a hundred people to tell you what to do. That creates a lot of confusion and the work is to start to trust yourself. And so I love, I love how you, how you processed all this. And the Venn diagram reminds me of uh, Tal Ben-Shahar's work. Do you know him? He no. wrote the book Happier. And okay, then, I know the book. I've not read that, but yes, I know of the book, yes. So I met him at the 92nd Street Y in New York City many years ago, right after he published it. It was actually a, um, a housewarming gift from my nephew, and I had never heard of it. And I was so fascinated with positive psychology, which he's a positive psychologist for anybody who doesn't know. He, he was a professor at Harvard. And, um, and he discovered a process that's very similar to this, and he calls it the MPS. And I think it stands for meaning, strength, and purpose or passion. I don't remember what the P is, but it's the intersection of all three mm -hmm. where you really find the work that is really what's going to light you up. And I was recently doing this with a client of mine who's 20 years old, who was searching for her meaning and, and trying to figure out like, what should I major in? What should I, where should I go with my life? And first of all, I love that her parents sought out a coach for her and that she was open to it. Those are two big things. Mm -hmm. And we did a few different things. We did that process and we also did the, um, the Simon Sinek process, which is really what I learned in my coaching school. And that involved taking her pivotal moments in her life and connecting the dots between the highs and the lows and seeing what, what values were honored in each of those stories and who she became in those moments. So there's so many ways to find the things that you need to value to, to really honor in your life in order to live a life that's aligned with your true purpose. It's, it's, it's so... It so is. I um I love that Simon. I love Simon Sinek as well. And I actually don't even know, I don't know that exercise you're talking about. And I'm a huge fan, so I can't be that much of a fan if I don't know that one. <laughs> and so another one for me to look up. Um, there was a there's a book that I read, and I am looking. I can't see it right. I think it's design. It might be called Design Your Life. And what was fascinating for me about that particular book. Um, was that it was written using the engineering design process. So my degree is in biology. Uh, I've got a minor in psychology and I've got then a college diploma in wellness. And so I've got this interesting, and this is where this mixture of the science, the combination of science and soul comes into play. And, and the interplay and intersection of those things is what I find so fascinating. Um, and so that's why I also, I use the design, engineering design principles in my own exploration of coming up with other ways of designing my life and and some of the examples and some of the the the, the, um, the exercises I that I went through were from that book um, and so it is a, there, there are so many ways if you could just pause and ask there's so and, and then start to explore there's so many ways uh, and people um, that can guide you um, to, to, to these to these answers but, you know, the same way that the same kind of thinking that got us to where we are, you know, this is a quote by someone famous, <laughs> um, the thinking that, we, that got us to where we are is the same kind of thinking that's going to get us to where we want to be. So, Yeah, that's Einstein, I think. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that you have the science brain. I think that's why I like you, because <laughs> I also love science and I love to know that there's, there's something to back up mm -hmm. this all this stuff. Because when I first heard about coaching, I thought, oh, this is some kind of woo-woo crazy thing. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> the first person I met who was a coach was the most brilliant woman. She had a PhD in education. And she said, oh my God, this program that I'm going through is incredible. And so I, she convinced me. And it was yeah. just like, oh, if someone like that is coaching and loves it, this is a cool thing. 
And yeah, so just knowing that their scientific, their scientific background, meaning to back it up. Um, I also really love that you mentioned play and the, the, the letting go, the not pressuring. I think that we are in such a high pressure world and so many people don't start something because they're so, everything has to just be proven and it's so serious and I have to know all the steps and get more education and do all these things before I can actually launch, do something, write that book, get on a stage. And I think part of what I'm seeing in all the women I'm interviewing is that there's a leap that we have to take. We, and, and when you can have fun with it, so much opens up because you're, you also mentioned that taking the time to be present and listen, because mm -hmm. we are so not present today. I mean, mm -hmm. we're on our devices. We are, we are so busy, not stopping to think, to, to process, to take a walk in nature, to really have that creativity flow through us so that we can listen to the voices that are trying to tell us you're going in the wrong direction. You're going in the right direction. Try this. What did you learn from it? You don't have to stay with it if it's not working. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I love your process. I, I can, you know, see how you became the success that you became today through all of these steps that you've taken. Thank you. And I think that we're, to add to what you're saying, I agree. For, first and foremost, I agree with all of that. And I think that we, and I'm not sure how this has happened, but that we are uh, expected at a very young age to know what we're going to do for the rest of our life. And when I decided and realized that I don't even now need to know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I don't know if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm probably not going to do this for the rest of my life because I hope that I continue to evolve and grow. And as a result, as I continue to evolve and grow in the role that I'm doing now and then in the work that I'm doing now and how I'm helping others now, something else will likely sprout from that. And again, it's just about knowing, always knowing what the next right step is. And I think when we give ourselves that permission to, you can still be high achieving and want to achieve lots of great things in your life and do that in, an, in a very aligned, intentional and mindful way and be successful. It's not oh, well, if you're not going to do it the, tr the traditional way, you're throwing all caution to the wind. And I think if we're not, if we're not following the, the paradigm that's sort of set before us, that means that you're, you know, a hippie or something. Not that there was anything wrong with hippies, but, um, and it doesn't have, it's not, that's not the only, that's not the only alternative. Yeah. There's something oh. else in between. There are many things in between. Many things. I think that was part of the thing that I had to first convince this 20 year old client of is that you don't have to figure it all out now. Like you can yeah. do an internship in the summer and see if you like it. And maybe you can like something for two years and change. I mean, I'm on my like 20th act. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, just, I mean, I just pivoted <laughs> to this career just yeah. a year ago and I'm going to be 63 years old. Like I, it's never too late. You're never too old. You just, Oh, it, never too young. Or never too young, right? I don't think I like you're too old, never too young. Yeah. 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 And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of like coal and how it becomes a diamond. And mm -hmm. I feel like as we just keep refining and refining, it becomes shinier, more brilliant. And we take, we take all the, the, the gook off and yeah. uh, all the stuff that other people put on us or we put on ourselves and really start to reveal the real diamond that's inside. Oh, that's beautiful. I love, that's a really, really beautiful description. Well, thank you. Well, you inspired it because it just came as you were talking. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it actually reminds me of one of, one of my, favorite, my favorite quotes, which is, um, and then the day came when the risk to remain closed in a bud became more painful than the risk it took to blossom. I saw that on your website yeah. and actually you quoted a different person as the author than I thought it was Anais Nin who, who said that. Oh, I, I put Elizabeth. Okay. So let me, I will double, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm going to double check that. Okay. But regardless, it's one of my favorite quotes, quotes too. <laughs> well, I'd like to be quoting the right person. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was something that was sort of the, the underlying quote when I was leaving my marriage Yeah. because that, that was it. It was like, it being in that little 
cozy, comfortable space felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that too many people hide in that little, that stay in the bud. And mm -hmm. it feels, it feels like something they know. So they can stay miserable for mm -hmm. years in that little comfortable space, the job they hate and the marriage they hate, the relationships that don't work. And you don't have to live that way. Mm -hmm. So um, interestingly, that was also the visualization that I had when I was in labor, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> but that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other bud, too. <laughs> it's a whole other bud. <laughs> I know, like in the moment of labor, when I'm about to deliver, I, I totally forget that, that that's like the end goal. It's like, I just want it to stop, but no, the baby actually has to come out. Uh, so Louise, what are you creating in the world today? What am I creating in the world today? Um, all, all sorts, um, all sorts of stuff. I, you know, I show up in a way, um, you know, in certain, some, so the formal ways that I sort of show up is in terms of a, a coach. So I've got an international coaching business for women and I support women who are at that crossroads in their life, similar to where, similar to where I was and help them, you know, to rediscover their identity, they rediscover their identity um, and design a life of per, per, oh, wow, <laughs> purpose, passion and joy that's in alignment with them. Um, as you mentioned, I also have a podcast and a live radio show. And I just, my fate, that is my favorite hour of the week. Um, and I, and I love bringing on people who are example, like ordinary people, examples of doing extraordinary things and making a difference in the world. And I love showcasing them with the intent of inspiring and motivating my listeners to, to take brave, bold action in pursuit of their own dreams and goals. You know, we're talking about that kind of stuff today where it's so, you and I, you know, where it's so easy to stay stuck in what the known is. And um, it, it pains me to see people on that treadmill of life. It hurts my heart. It really, really does. And so um, those are the things that I, you know, that I, that I focus on now. I'm also writing a book um, and I have some inspirational messages. Inspirational messages are all around me in my life, and so I'm just getting those on a few T-shirts and some other um, some other mugs and some other things that you know that 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 we that we see a lot. I love mugs for those who may be watching this on video. Mm -hmm. But whether it's Wonder Woman, whether it's something else that's got a positive message, I think how we um, the people and the things that we surround ourselves with, so even within our environment, are a big influence. Can be a big influence, um, not on any given day, but day after day. You know, all these things have a cumulative effect. Um, and um, you know, at the end of the day, I just I really want to to know that I've made a difference, one conversation at a time, and that uh, that I that I've helped to inspire someone make a positive choice in their life that's changed, that's changed or pivoted their life. And so again, whether it's through the coaching, whether it's through um, something they hear on my podcast, or whether it's through one of my kids um, and, and, you know, and them saying that that's the difference that I made in their life. That's, that's what I sort of want my legacy to be. Mm, that's great. I love it. I like the Wonder Woman. I was I was thinking of uh, commenting on that. That's a great mug. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and you and you have tattoos. And I noticed that when we first started. Can you talk a little bit about your tattoos and what sure. they have for you? Sure. I actually have. I think I have three. One, two, three. Three tattoos. I got my first tattoo um, two months after I left my now ex-husband. Um, I knew I'd wanted a tattoo for years and I never knew just what I wanted on my body for the rest of my life. And as soon as I left, I knew what I wanted. And interestingly, it's on one of my shoulder blades. Um, so I'll show you it, <laughs> but uh, it says live, laugh, love. And while that is a common phrase that people, you know, people hear that, we see that on all sorts. We see, sometimes see that on people's walls where they've got, you know, the nice lettering or on a, um, on a, a journal they may have or something. For me, it's a reminder of the things that I had stopped doing for so many years. And for me, putting that on my body marked that commitment that I'm never going to stop living, I'm never going to stop loving, and I'm never going to stop laughing. Mm. And so that's the significance. The irony is that it's on my back. 
though. So I don't see that as much as I'd like, <laughs> but at any rate, that's, that was deeply meaningful for me. Um, it was also marked a time in my life where my ex-husband, he never wanted me to have a tattoo. And so it was this freedom of, of self, this, this allowing myself to do something that was deeply meaningful for me as well. So it had a number of, it had a number of meanings. Um, I make an observation. Yeah that it doesn't have to be out where everybody can see it because that's part of your whole transition was yeah. from everything looking good on the outside. It was the yeah. inside that mattered. So I feel like that, that aligns with your whole process. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Because that's where I felt that it wanted to go. So that's why I just did it. So thank you for that, for sharing that, because I really, I, I enjoy that, that perspective. And I, it's deeply meaningful for you to share that with me. Hmm. Um, I do have another one. Actually, I've got four. It's not three. I've got a, a butterfly behind my ear. I love, I love butterflies. Um, I, just, I just think they're pretty and they look free. Um, I just, and they're all, they all look so, so, so different. And I think it's the way that they move even. The way they, they flutter around and they don't seem to have... I just think, I just feel, feel, I get the sense of freedom when I see them. And so, and obviously, you know, the metamorphosis that they, that they go through. So that was deeply representative of, of, you know, what I went through. So I got one of those behind my ear. So it's only seen when my hair is up in a, in a ponytail. So interesting again, that that one's sort of a bit more hidden. Uh -huh. And then uh, I have two more tattoos. The one I've got on my chest here, it's, um, this one's more out in, in the open. Um, and this is half of a Coldplay song, the lyrics of, a, of one of the, uh, the, their songs that's deeply meaningful to me and my, and my new partner. He got the other half of the, the verse on his bicep and I got that, the half of the verse here. Uh -huh. And so that one is more of an outward display, which is interesting because, you know, it's like here, here I am joyfully united with someone that I'm really um, happy with for the first time in my life and in partnership with someone. So it is more of an outward display. So it is interesting then that this one, this tattoo is also more outward facing. Yeah. So what does it say? <laughs> what does my tattoo say again? Um, <laughs> I can't read it. And I think it's and your... It'd be better if I could sing it to you because it's going to be, okay. it's, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, you said that so nicely. It says, and you're the air that, air that I can breathe. You're my golden opportunity. Mm. Um, and yeah, that just, it's a special song that the two of us connected on. It's not a Coldplay song that was ever recorded uh, outside of um, a live show that they did. So it's sort of got this private, essence to it oh, here we um, go back to the private public yes it's interesting <laughs> hey i gotta explore that a little bit yeah really you got me thinking sandy thank <laughs> you for putting me on to that <laughs> <laughs> and then one on your wrist and then the one on my wrist um it's uh i've got it's a queen's crown and then an eternity symbol underneath it mm. and so my partner got the king's crown the the, the eternity uh, infinity symbol uh, mm -hmm. un underneath as well. So we got that at the same time. Um, just the symbolism, obviously, of the you know king and queen of our own of our own lives and one of one another. Um, and we know what infinity means. So, yeah, that one was. It's an interesting way to express you know to express something that's deeply meaningful and uh, it's been quite that that too has been quite the journey. You know, the process of getting it on is you know it's it's quite a it's quite a decision to make and it's a very reflective journey before you even decide to go and get it you know to get inked and and that that's a, a quite a moving experience to go through as well but i think you've got to be really very present and mindful to really to really take in what all of that you know that signifies um, and I've certainly been able to dig into that more since having had this, what I call midlife awakening. And I really feel like I'm awake every day. I feel like I'm, I just feel like I'm awake. I remember saying to, I feel badly that I, 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 I said this, um, to my now ex-husband, but he was having a really hard time coming to terms with the fact that I did not want us to be together anymore. And I was trying to very hard to be kind. And sometimes being kind, you have to be a bit firmer and be very clear. Um, 
maybe this was too clear. (laughs) (laughs) I said to him, you know, I really, I would rather be dead than married another day to you. That's how strongly I feel. And I had, and that was true. Wow. That is, that's that's a hard, (laughs) that's a hard. And I said, my, 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 my delivery was kind, but there's nothing kind about those words. Yeah. And that's when he got it. Yeah. And that's when he got it. It's the anvil over the head that I find when you're in a marriage that's not working and you've probably had spoken up about things that weren't Mm -hmm. working for you many times. (laughs) Right. And so I felt the same in my marriage and that finally, when I was ready to leave, I was so firm about it. And all of a sudden he woke up because I had said it many times, Mm -hmm. you know, this isn't working. I'm going to leave, but I didn't have the conviction yet. And I, I think that, you know, this, this, the importance of boundaries, again, knowing your, knowing what works for you and what doesn't and being so clear about that. Um, so important. And, and we do sometimes hurt people in the process, not intentionally. You're right. But it's also, you know, you mentioned freedom many times, and I think we have to free our souls from being tethered to the wrong person. And it also frees him, you know, and I think, I know for me, my, my ex is much happier with his new partner I don't think we're meant to be with certain people for forever. You know, they, mm-hmm. they serve a purpose and you have these beautiful children and, and that's, that's part of the purpose. And <laughs> also for you to have this wake up moment, to have yeah. that moment of this isn't working. It's, sometimes it's hard to know when you haven't gone through something that hasn't worked. Yeah, I think I, I, I have um, realized that my, my pain has become, has fueled my purpose. Um, very 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 true yeah and I, I I think we have to we have to go through we have to go through it we can't just bypass it I think mm-hmm. that <laughs> we have to live life and with all of its emotions and you mentioned earlier that you have to sit with the discomfort that's part of that's part of the process you mm-hmm. can't you can't drive by it you have to sit mm-hmm. with it and we want to drive by it. We want it to just all be good and not have to work so hard at it and, and just, you know, be happy. Yep. But there, but if you're only living one note of happiness and joy, you're not really living a full life and you really do need to do the ups and the downs. Ah, so let's go to the lightning round where I'm going to ask you some quick questions and sure. get your answers. Sure. The first question is a fill in the blank. I never thought I was blank enough. I didn't like this one <laughs> because I didn't like the, what I put. And the answer is pretty. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So when did that change for you? I'm not sure it really has. Oh. I'm not sure it really has. And where did that come from? Um, my sister is stunning. And people when I was younger thought I was a boy. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I knew we were meant to connect, Sandy. I I was called sir so many times. (laughs) And, um... And yeah, and so I, I just thought, well, that doesn't matter because I'm smarter and I'm, despite the fact I've got a super relationship with her and, and a super relationship with my parents, but I didn't really recognize it as a thing until I was probably about 35. I'd rejected pink my whole life because I'd associated that with, that was girls and that was pretty and I'm not pretty. And so I've totally, I mean, I've embraced the pink and I don't have any pink on today, but embrace the pink and it's really, it's become part of my part of my story as well in terms of my transformation. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. And I'm sure so many listeners will relate to what you said. Mm. So I appreciate you sharing it. Ah, so many of us compare and despair. It's yeah, a, you're a right. bad place to live. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was the number one thing holding you back from becoming a woman of value? The paradigm I had of success. So the very rigid model as to what success looked like, it looked like a certain thing. 
It looked like achieving certain things. It looked like checking boxes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then when I realized that happiness and success and fulfillment and achievement had a multitude of ways of looking, once I removed those blinders, that's when I saw beauty and possibility. Great. What is something you failed at that taught you an important life lesson? Well, where's the list? <laughs> um, I think the biggest lesson was probably my failed marriage, which I even hate saying, I don't think I've ever said it's a failed marriage. Um, obviously it kind of, kind of was because it's not, it's not together now, but I think it, I learned so much from that. I learned the power of forgiveness and who ends up helping is you. Um, the power of communication. We talk about how important communication is, but similar to values, what we were talking about at the very beginning of, of the show, um, it's really what, what you do with it, what you, how you use it, how you use values, but also how you use communication and, and how much you use communication and how you both interpret what communication means and how you connect and, and what kind of communication is valuable for one over the other compared to, you know, in relation to your partner. So I've learned the value of that and the intricacies of that. Um, and I le learned um, what love really meant uh, and boundaries and the importance of, of boundaries and knowing and setting and staying true to your boundaries. Great lessons. I'm teaching a class on boundaries tonight to my membership club. And I, I've taught a whole program on boundaries of course with my co-host Teresa Byrne and we're trying to get that relaunched but it's one of my favorite topics I I that was probably my most important life lesson after my marriage ended was going okay boundaries they keep getting stepped on why and yeah. I had to learn and again many of us in setting boundaries we put up walls and at the beginning when you're just trying it on it can come across as harsh and uh, commands and demands mm. and to be able to get that what i call a soft pink velvet rope it's that <laughs> it's just it's gentle it's mm. it's that rope that keeps the wrong people out and the right people in and you get to be in charge but you're not putting up this big wall like right stay away from me <laughs> yeah and because that's a disconnect, the, the real boundary to me, an, an ideal boundary connects you to the other person and a person who respects your boundaries is a person that you want to keep in your life. And a person who disrespects your boundaries is saying that my needs are more important than yours. Mm -hmm. And that is never a good thing. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that visualization of that, that pink, that pretty pink robe. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. What is the best advice that you can give to a woman who has given up her value in the past and she wants to become more of a woman of value? To tune in, to tune inwards, to pause, to tune inwards and to listen to the whispers of her soul. Ooh. It's in those quiet moments that we're so often scared to go to and to those quiet moments that we're scared to give ourselves. And if we're scared, it's probably because we're afraid of what we're going to hear. Um, and I think that one of the things that I've really learned that's so valuable as well is you don't, need, you don't need to take action yet. Just because you know you can sit and observe and sit and, and be okay sitting with that. So just because you learn about something about yourself and you start listening, it's okay to sit. Because there will come a time then, the more you observe, the more you listen, there'll be enough of a wave that when you are, I should be careful about saying when you're ready, because I don't think we're ever actually really ready. <laughs> but there will come a groundswell or a movement or a sense of rising inside you when you then feel scared still, but compelled to act. 
I like that. And so I think that's it. Because <laughs> I could yeah. go on. <laughs> no, it's it's a great it's a great way to think about it, and it's it come, brings back to mind the quote that you shared about the mm. being tight in the bud. You get so uncomfortable with that, mm-hmm. and you just have to act. And it's sort of like a percolating. I see it as like I, mm-hmm. I percolate for a long time. You know, it's like I'm sitting with it. Like with the woman of value, I had the URL for it for probably three or four years. Wow. I kept using that term. I had coined it. I was using it for every single program I was creating, but I never created the movement that I wanted to create until my coach said to me, Sandy, you've got to do this. You've been talking about it for years. You've got to do it. I know it's scary, but you have to do it. Yeah. And I, it took her to say, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I you know, it woke me up to, yeah. to taking those risks and it was scary really scary, yeah. but exciting. Do you have I'm any glad books? you did. I'm oh. so glad you did. Thank you. Um, do you have any books that you would recommend? I love books to the point that I have made a promise with myself to not buy another book <laughs> until I have finished the ones I have. I love books. Um, so yes, there are three, I could, I could lift up list and rhyme off a whole bunch, but there are three that, that kind of come to mind. Um, very different kinds of books. And that's why I chose these three to, to maybe share. One is um, perhaps for someone who is just embarking on this kind of journey and shift, they feel arising, but don't even really know. I've never really dabbled in personal development, development and, but know they want to go there, but are sort of a bit afraid. Um, you Are a Badass by J- Jen Sincero. Um, I just think that's a great uh, easy read, full of insightful um, statements, comments, uh, and exercises, and it's funny. Um, Gift of Im- Gifts of Imperfections by Brene Brown. I mean, who doesn't love Brene Brown? I love her. <laughs> and if there's someone listening right now who doesn't know who Brene Brown is, that is totally okay. Go onto YouTube or TED Talks or YouTube and look at, at her TED Talks and that, that would be a great intro to Brene Brown. Yeah. And then the third one is Big Miracles by Joanna Garzilli. Hmm. And that's more of a spiritual exploration in a very, very real and physical realm. It's a, the way that um, Joanna talks about spirituality in the physical world is to me is unparalleled by any of the others that I've, uh, any other spiritual guides that I've, uh, that I've read before. Hmm. Interesting mix of books. I thought you were going to mention that's what she said because that was a book that I found through you. Yes, I know what I feel. Now I should, Joanne Lipman, I should have said that's what she said. Yes, so that I'll add that one. What men need to know and women need to tell them about working together. Yes, that's a there's a fourth. Yeah, great, there's a million of them, I know. Uh, I definitely am going to check out the Big Miracles book. And again, it represents your values of balancing the science and the and the spiritual and the whole the whole holistic way of looking at life what is your favorite woman of value quote louise is it my latest because this is this is this too is constantly evolving and changing right as as things speak to us in a different way and elevate us even more um it's a megan merkel quote and she said um Women don't need to find their voice. They already have a voice. They need to be empowered to use it and others need to be encouraged to listen. I love that. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> I, I heard that and I was blown away. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I thought that was very strong. She's an interesting woman, that Meghan Markle. She, uh, <laughs> I first discovered her on Suits and thought she was like a kind of a B actress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was fun to watch, yeah. but never thought I'd see her in this position. And wow, she's really stepped into her value. I'll tell you. She has, and she's creating quite the stir. And I don't know what's going on over there in Buckingham Palace, but yeah. <laughs> that too is another podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you spoke a little bit about your legacy, but if you can embellish that a little bit, how would you like to be remembered? I want to be remembered that I lived bravely, I loved boldly, and that I was truly happy. And that through my actions, it inspired others to do the same in their life. Beautiful. 
Louise, tell our audience how they can find you. They can find me um, either through my website at louisehreed.com. Um, and if they want to listen to me, they can find my, uh, my podcast by, you know, through the regular channels, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Um, and I'm the Louise H. Reed Show. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Louise, for coming on the show today, for being such a beautiful model for what a woman of value is and how anybody can can step into their value and it, it doesn't have to look a certain way. And I just love the permission to have it unfold in the way that it needs to be. Thank you so much, Sandy. You've just been such a kind and, and gracious host and, and thank you for helping me learn a little more about me through this through this podcast that was really exciting and unexpected. So thank you. If you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.